inevitable. The presence of God was just incredible. So it's my joy to hand it off once again to our daughter. She and her husband live in Denver. They planted a church there 11 years ago, and God is wonderfully moving and working. So Hannah, be blessed and anointed. Good morning, Cornerstone. How y'all doing this morning? All right, this is the 11 a.m. service. How many of you appreciate that extra hour of sleep? Which means maybe you have doubled your caffeine intake, which means this is the service where God is going to move way more than he did in the 9 a.m. Can I get an amen? So one more time, 11 a.m., who is ready for the word of God today? We're ready. What an honor to be here today. What an honor to be here this weekend to be a part of what God is doing through this house. How many of you are thankful that you're a part of a church that's not only invested in building on the weekend, but you're regionally positioned to see hundreds of women from other places and spacers and pastors and leaders that gathered this weekend and experienced the presence of God. Are you grateful that you're a part of something that's that's kingdom expanded and sized and perspective. It's an awesome thing. And what an honor to preach in this time that we are in as a, you know, as a nation, as a world. How many of you are very aware that God is moving? The earth is groaning. A lot is happening. And there's so many different messages I could bring to you today, but I want to bring to you a message with a foundation or a perspective of this. And it's the perspective is this heaven is here. Heaven is here. And I want to start today with a story. Um, my parents have pastored Cornerstone almost for 40 years. How about that? Let's celebrate some faithfulness here today. I can't imagine. I'm taking it one year at a time, Dad, one year at a time. Almost 40 years. And um, Luke and I, I was four. Luke was one, right, Mom? Luke was just one. I was four. And I have early memories of Dad starting something here at Cornerstone. Um, that it still exists today, and it's something that has become a bedrock in the foundation of this church. And he started something at the very early days of this church called Convention. Y'all know Convention, don't you? And the desire was to create a couple days a year where we just hit pause on the noise, on the schedule, on the chaos of our world, and let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do. And he would bring in guest speakers and friends who are communicators of the word of God. And I have so many memories as a little girl being aware of what God would be doing in the church building and in people's lives and then became a teenager. And so many convention services where I would be at this altar just giving my life to God and telling him, I'll do whatever you want me to do, God. I'll go wherever you want me to go. And there would be moments where myself and many other teachers from Ignited, we'd be sitting in a section like this. And the presence of God would be in this room right here where you're seated. And it would be so strong. It would be so thick. It would be so palpable and people would be worshiping. And I remember being a teenager and opening my eyes and looking at the very ceiling you're looking at and thinking, surely God is going to come back right now. The presence of God is so thick in this space. Surely in any moment, the ceiling is going to split. I'm going to see chariots and Jesus is going to be riding in. And this is how I would respond. As a passionate, devoted teenager who's on fire for God, my response to that feeling would be, don't come back yet. I need to grow up. I need to get married. I need to have some children. I want to have a family. And I would panic as 
a, you know, little minded teenager at the time at the idea of the Lord's return. But what was happening in this space, what was happening in that place, what was happening was there was a sense of the presence of God that was so strong that it felt like heaven was coming to earth. That's what I would experience in those services, these moments. We experienced it at Princess War. There'd be moments where you felt like God was bringing a portion of heaven on earth and church. I believe that feeling, that experience that we had in those special services, the experience of the presence of God that we got a portion of at Princess Warrior, that is the life that we are invited to experience with God right now. Can I get an amen? This sense of heaven on earth. I love Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. And the Lord is teaching us how to pray. That's what this is in Matthew chapter 6. And in verse 9 and 10, it says this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed, which means awesome, holy, amazing, to you be all the glory, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. Here it is, church, get ready. On earth as it is in heaven. This is a prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, not one day when we're sitting in heaven with the angels and we're crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. I can't wait for that day. How many of you know that day's coming? But this is a prayer that God taught the people on earth to pray now, to pray in the 11 a.m. service on a Sunday, November, what is today? Fourth, fifth, don't even know what day it is. I've been caught up in the glory all weekend. Sunday, November 5th, that Lord, you would bring heaven to earth now, right now. The title of today's message for all you note takers is this, as it is in heaven. Amen? As it is in heaven. Did you know that heaven is mentioned 532 times in the Bible? And then And more than 10% of those mentions is found in the book of Revelation. And the Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes that eternity has been placed in our heart. That means that on this earth, when we are walking around living life, doing this thing called life, there is this constant longing for more that is inside of you. You see it not only as a Christian, as Christians desire to be all that God's created them to be, to say yes to all that God has for them. But you also see this in the world. People longing for more, to just have more, be more, get more. Well, what is it? Actually, what that is, it's a longing for eternity. It's like we're walking around on this earth and we're all homesick for heaven. We're homesick for more. We're longing for eternity. And we're going to look at Revelation chapter 21 today. How many of you are loving Revelation right now? Revelation chapter 21. And in Revelation chapter 21, John 
has a vision. It's like he's transferred. He has a vision of heaven coming to earth. And I'm just so excited for the word of God because the word of God does a lot of things when it's spoken. When you're a part of a church like Cornerstone Church, you don't gather and hear the opinion of man. You don't gather and hear a reheated thought that your pastors heard on a podcast last week. When you're in a church like Cornerstone Church, you hear a fresh on time revelation word from the word of God. How many of you are grateful for that this morning? And what that means is when the word of God is spoken, it gets the opportunity to do a couple things in our lives. It gets the opportunity to transform us. It gets the opportunity to bring light into dark places. It gets the opportunity to dig some things out that were never meant to stay there longer than they have. And it gets the opportunity to strengthen our perspective of eternity. Who is ready for the word of God to strengthen your eternal perspective here this morning? As it is in heaven. The word revelation actually means the unveiling. Isn't that interesting? So what's happening in Revelation chapter 21 is John is seeing some things. God is unveiling some things to come. And he's asking John to write this down. God is unveiling things and he is giving John this opportunity to write down what is being unveiled. And what's interesting is in Revelation, John spends 18 chapters writing about the great tribulation. And he spends less than two chapters writing about heaven. Why? Well, I like to imagine that the reason for that is because heaven is beyond words. It's beyond, I, I like to imagine that John didn't have earthly words he didn't have the words to, to write, to describe what he was seeing. That heaven was beyond the articulation of words on earth. And to think that something so awesome, so great, so incredible wants to come into your life right now. Something so beyond words and understanding wants to invade your marriage today. Can I get an amen? Wants to invade the heart of your children Right now, in Revelation chapter 21, God has John write some things down. Let's look at that here today. Verses 1 through 5, John says this, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look! God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. This is so amazing. Verse four, he will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. As it is in heaven, three things I just want to share with us today out of the book of Revelation that we see here in chapter 21. The first thing I see is that heaven makes everything new. Everything new. God loves to make things new. Did you know he's in the business of making things new? And he's not waiting for you to get to heaven to do that. He wants to make things new in your life today. 
He wants to make things new in your family today. He wants to make things new in your mind, in your soul, in your emotions today. In heaven, there's going to be no sickness. There's going to be no broken relationships, no separation, no heartache, no war, no fear, no lack, no sadness, no goodbyes. And God instructs John to write this down. He who was seated on the throne instructs John to write something down. And it's this, that he, God, is making everything new now. He's making everything new right now. Not one day, it's happening now. And why is this important for us to understand? Because while we're in this world, Though we have the invitation to experience heaven on earth now, we're in this world and we face pressures and trials and challenges. So our hearts get bumped and damaged along the way. I have a question for you this morning. Have you ever felt broken, wounded, or hurt in your heart before? Have you ever felt those things while serving God here on earth? And these are the results of this earth that, but God is showing John, hey, John, I need you to write something down and I need you to make sure that the believers know that even in this world, when your heart gets bumped, when it gets wounded, when it gets damaged, when it gets hurt, gets hurt I need them to know, take heart because I am on the throne now and I am making everything new now. Is that good news for some believers here today? Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. Let's read it again. Our Father in heaven, hallowed, holy, awesome is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When I ponder this passage, I can't help but think, could it be that restoration, healing, reconciliation, repairing are things that we don't have to wait to get in heaven. Could they be things that actually God wants to gift our lives right now? Could it be actually that God wants us to bring a little bit of repairing and restoring and healing that's waiting for us in heaven on earth now? Come on, is that awesome? Is that awesome for us to have for the taking? For someone here today, I believe God wants to give you a new heart. He wants to give you a new heart. The way you have been dealing with brokenness, disappointment, hurt, offense, the way you have been dealing with these things is not going well for you. And what I believe the Spirit of God wants you to know today is those things, though they do come all on this earth, there is access to the Spirit of God in heaven, on earth, and he wants to make your heart new. Amen? I love this um, perspective of God. I often come back to it in my time alone with him, that there is nothing that God cannot touch. There is no part of my story. There is no pain in my past. There is no disappointment in my heart today that God is un 
able to touch. And when we tap into the authority of the word of God and we realize that Jesus himself has given us permission to pray a prayer that on earth as it is in heaven, that means my heart, the disappointment, the pain, the what challenge, whatever it might be, it is not too far from the power of heaven that heaven can come to it now and heaven can make it new. Come on, Cornerstone. This is 11 a.m. How many of you are grateful for that? (laughs) Revelation chapter 21, verse 5 and 7. John goes on to say, then he said, God's talking to him, write this down. For these words are trustworthy and true. Mm, Love that. And he said to me, it is done. I am the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end. Number two, heaven finishes what it starts. Heaven finishes what it starts. He is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. What a statement of authority. I love that God tells John, write this down. I'm making everything new. And understand, John, that I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the end. Last month, I was in Florida for a ministry trip for a couple days. And the first part of the trip, we happened to get a room, my husband Jacob and I, right by the ocean. And my husband's a much better Christian than me. You know, I wake up in the morning and that man is already in the Bible. He's drinking his coffee. I usually come downstairs and the Shekinah glory is already surrounding him on the couch. And he's had about two cups of coffee and he's journaling and I'm stumbling to get my caffeine. And on this morning, it was no different there in our hotel room. I finally wake up after hitting snooze three times. I look out in the little living room area and there's my husband reading his Bible, re-journaling. The coffee's brewed and I, I, I take no notice of him. And you know, we all know that he's God's favorites. Okay. And I, I, I get my little bit of caffeine and I, I open the sliding glass door and I'm not in a spiritual state. You know, I'm just waking up in the morning and I open the sliding glass door last month and I just hear the ocean coming on in. And I'm listening to the waves and I'm standing there and I'm waking up and I'm just taking a deep breath and the Holy Spirit decides to speak to me. How many of you are grateful that the Holy Spirit will intersect our life whenever he wants? And I hear the Holy Spirit speak to me and I hear this and I wrote it down because I want to say it exactly how I heard it. I heard the Holy Spirit say, authority. Just as you can hear the strength of the authority of that water, Don't forget the authority I have given you and the authority that I have. As it is in heaven. Come on, Cornerstone. As it is in heaven. He is the Alpha and the Omega. We do not serve, I know you know this, but it's okay if I just remind your faith of some things this morning. It's okay if I wake your faith up just a little bit on this fallback Sunday, because we serve a God who is not weak. We do not serve a small God. We do not serve a God who is in the business of small promises. We do not serve a God who is in the business of small miracles. We do not serve a God who is in the business of small provision. God does not want to give you small dreams, small vision, small obedience, small courage, small strength. We serve a strong God. We serve the Alpha 
and the Omega. We serve the beginning and the end. You know what that reminds me of? It reminds me that I'm not the Alpha. He is. It's not up to me. It's up to my really good God. It's not on me. It's on the Alpha. It's not up to my wisdom. It's up to the wisdom of the Alpha. What God wants to do with your business isn't up to you. It's up to the Alpha. What God wants to do in your child isn't on you. It's up to the Alpha. Come on, Cornerstone. What God wants to do in this house next, it's not on you. It's up to the Alpha and the Omega. It's up to the beginning and the end. What God starts, he will finish. Why? Because God didn't tell John, tell the people I'm the alpha, that I'm the beginner, that I'm a great starter. You tell them that I am on the throne making everything new and I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. So what God has started in you, he will finish. If we believe that God holds this authority, if we believe that he is the alpha and the omega, then you, then me, then we will pray Matthew chapter 6 with some authority. We will pray Matthew chapter 6, not like it's just some prayer that you pray before a football game. We'll pray Matthew chapter 6 with some authority. We'll pray with some understanding that when Jesus says, I want you to pray on earth as it is in heaven, that we don't just pray that and hope it comes through. We pray it with authority. My son Ethan, he's 13 and He's my gentle giant. He is like 5'8 right now. This kid is growing like a weed. And he is so kind to me. And uh, his dad does a really good job making sure he's sweet to his mom. And he does a lot of things for me that are just sweet. He's just kind to me. One thing Ethan loves to do for me is start my car in the mornings. He loves to do that. And if it's hot or it's cold, he wants to get the temperature just right. I kid you not. When it's, when it's warm in Colorado, he'll put my air conditioning seats on. When it's cold in Colorado, which y'all, we had our first winter storm last week. I don't know what to pray for us, okay? When it's cold in Colorado, he'll put my seat warmers on. He'll put my hand warmer on, my steering wheel. And then he sets my music to my favorite station. Isn't he sweet? And he loves it. Now, I think he loves it because what he does is he comes to me and says, Hey, Mom, can I have your keys? I think he likes this. He likes to take those keys, he does a little with them, you know, while he walks out the house, little twirls them on his finger. And he loves to start my car. Now, because Ethan's my son... Because he's got my last name, because I'm his mama, I can trust that when I tell Ethan, sure, Ethan, you can have the keys, I trust that Ethan's not going to take that car for a joyride. I trust that he's not going to put the garage door open, start it, set everything how I like, and then head to 7-Eleven and get a Slurpee. All right? I trust him. I trust him because he's my son. I want to remind us. I'm not here to tell you anything. You know this today. I'm here to remind us that as Christians, we are in the family of God. You are God's daughter. You are God's son. You know what that means? You have access to some keys. And those keys are God's authority. 
So that means when you begin to pray things like Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 and 10, and you say, my father in heaven, awesome, holy, hallowed be your name. I want your kingdom to come and your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's like your father's handing you some keys. And he's like, oh, I'm so glad you asked for that daughter. I'm so glad you asked for that son. Take some keys, take some authority, and let's unlock a little bit of heaven on earth. Amen, Cornerstone? As it is in heaven. God, you are the Alpha and the Omega. God, you delight in finishing what you started. Don't you believe the whispers of the enemy that God's only going to half fulfill his promise to you? That's a lie from the pit of hell. Don't you take the bait that your God's forgotten about you. Don't you believe the whisper that you're not good enough to receive God's promises. Don't you believe the lie that he forgot about what he's promised you? You are a daughter. You are a son of the Alpha and the Omega. And today, some of you are going to take Revelation chapter 21, and you're going to be like my Ethan. You're going to say, Father, will you hand me some keys? Because it's time to take back my authority as a child of God. Amen, church? Lord, you started to reconcile and heal my marriage. I need you to finish it on earth as it is in heaven. God, you started to free me from crippling anxiety. Oh, Lord, I need you to finish it on earth as it is in heaven. God, you started to grab a hold of my child's heart. I need you to finish it on earth as it is in heaven. Why? Because you are the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, and you are making everything, all things new, all things new, all things new. Look at your neighbor and say, as it is in heaven, as it is in heaven. Man, this, this word fires me up. It fires me up. It gets me excited that we don't have to wait for heaven to experience some of heaven. We don't have to just sit here in fear and wait while the world moans and groans and hope that the, that cloud's going to part one day and we're going to see God. We get to tap in to a little bit of heaven right now. Come on. And fear is not heaven. And complacency is not heaven. And apathy is not heaven. And us in control is not heaven. We serve a God who brings peace, who gives passion, who wants to take you from glory to glory to glory to glory right now. Right now. Revelation chapter 21 verse 7 goes on to say, And those who are victorious will inherit all of this. And I will be their God and they will be my children. Number three, heaven gives victory with an inheritance. They will inherit all of this. What? Heaven wants to gift your life today. Now. Victory with an inheritance awaiting you in eternity. It is not God's desire. It is not his design for his children to live in a constant state 
of being oppressed. It is not God's desire or his design for you to just go from struggle to struggle and battle to battle. Do we battle? Absolutely. Do we war? A hundred percent. But I think it's God's desire and his design for also his kids to reflect his victory, to reflect his favor, to reflect his goodness, to reflect his peace. Amen, church. It is God, not God's design for us to just struggle from struggle to struggle on the inside in our situations, but heaven wants to gift your life some victory. Who's ready for a little bit more victory in their life? Does that sound good to anyone? We're not overcoming. We're not grabbing a hold of victory that heaven wants to give us here on earth just so our life can be easy. That's not the purpose of victory. The purpose of victory isn't just so we can sit back in our spiritual recliner with the remote control and just watch what we want to watch on TV and wait it out till Jesus returns. How many of you know that you were made for so much more than that? We don't get victory just so we can come to church on Sunday and knock it off a card and live our life however we want Monday through Saturday because we have gotten just enough of heaven to make it to heaven. You mean there's more than that? You mean that the Lord has more for us than to have just enough of heaven to make it to heaven? You mean God sent his one and only son to die so that we tap into a little bit more of just enough victory that we got Jesus on the weekend. We're going to make it to heaven, but we live how we want Monday through Saturday. If there's anything I could say in this time and this hour, it would be that God desires you to live a life of victory, not for your ease, not for your comfort, not for our rest, but because he needs his sons and daughters of God to put on the armor of God and to overcome so that we can clear the way and grab others and bring them into the family of God. He needs you to be victorious so that you can clear the path to bring those who are under the oppression of sin, their loss, the very people you're going to school with, the very person you're sitting next to at work, the very cashier that you see every Friday when you check out at Target, it is not by accident that those people are in your life. And could it be that the very victory God is giving you is so that you've got some wiggle room to put on the armor of God and say, hey, you, you, you come with me and experience a little bit of heaven on this earth. Amen, church. Victory with an inheritance. It's not God's desire for us to live in a constant state of trial and being overcome. Someone needs to hear that today. He wants to make that pocket of your life new. And it's not God's desire for us to receive victory for our personal comfort. It's for something bigger on earth as it is in heaven. When I think about heaven gifting me some victory with an inheritance waiting for me in heaven. You know, what's one thing, um, I, one thing I, one of the many things I admire about my parents is even when they barely had two pennies to put together, they have been inheritance minded. They have lived in a way with spiritual and earthly perspective of inheritance. They'll talk about it. They live their life in such a way so that they are 
leaving an inheritance spiritually? How many of you thankful that you have pastors who are fighting for a spiritual inheritance for your children and your grandchildren here at Cornerstone? Are you grateful for that today? Spiritually, earthly, they're always working on thinking about beyond them and inheritance. Woo! And when I think about this passage of scripture where God says, I want you to pray on earth as it is in heaven. This moves from just a prayer that the whole world knows, the Lord's Prayer. This moves from just a prayer that you pray over a spaghetti dinner before the football team takes the field. This moves from a prayer that has become common. And even the world can often uh, resuscitate it back to you, but recite it back to you. This moves from that, from common to normal to maybe even abuse to, oh my, 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 my. Could it be that Jesus taught us to pray like this? Because when I get to pray things like on earth as it is in heaven, It becomes a get back up verse. It becomes a verse that when the enemy has pushed me down and I've sat down and maybe I've even laid down in my discouragement and I haven't accessed the victory of heaven in a little too long, what happens is when I don't even know what to pray, have you ever been there before? When I don't even know what to pray or how to pray, Jesus has given me a prayer that I can pray. And when I come to that part that says, oh, and on earth as it is in heaven, it's like I get to pull the handle on that spiritual recliner and it's going to pop me back up. It's your get back up victory verse. Amen, church. It's your get that back up verse. The enemy wants you down. He doesn't want you living a life that is victorious. He wants you sitting down in that spiritual recliner and holding on to offense towards your spouse just one day longer. And while you sit in that offense, you're going to have the Holy Spirit remind you of, hey, on earth as it is in heaven, I'm going to get back up. He wants you sitting in that recliner of anxious thoughts and depression and sitting in it one day longer than ever, ever, ever intended and beginning to say, well, this is just who I am and this is how I deal in life and this is how I cope and this is just how I got to function. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit will be so good to you and he'll say, hey, on earth as it is in heaven, you get to pull that thing and pop back up. It's our get back up verse. When we sit in that recliner a little longer than we should when it comes to the promises of God. And when you think about the future instead of victory, you're mad and you're disappointed. You get the help of the Holy Spirit to say, oh, no, 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 no. On earth as it is in heaven. And you get to pull that thing and you get to pop up and say, Lord, I thank you that everything you have said, you will finish, that you are rewriting the old. You are making old things new. And my victory is coming to me now here on earth. And my inheritance is waiting for me with you in heaven. What a perspective that we get to access. Why? Why? Because God, the one who makes everything new, the one who is the Alpha and the Omega, He wants to bring victory to your life now. Joy to your life now. Vision to your life now. Hope to your life now. He wants you to wake up tomorrow morning and it not just to be another Monday, but it to be a Monday where you get to call on heaven coming to earth now. Amen, church. I think we have the worship team somewhere. 
Are they, are they hiding in the glory realms? There they are. Come on, get up for this worship team. Aren't they amazing? Aren't they incredible? They're going to lead us into a closing song of worship. And I just want to give two calls for response here this morning. You know, I think there really is uh, an epidemic that has swept through our nation in the local church. And it's a perspective of this. Just enough of heaven to get to heaven. But God does not give us a passage like Matthew chapter 6. He does not have John write down what he saw so that that's how we live. I think we get things like this out of Revelation chapter 21 and we get guided on a passage of scripture like Matthew chapter 6 because God wants our hearts being transformed. He wants heart transformation. And I just want to say to someone here today, God has more for you. Grab a hold of the word of God today. Invite a little bit of heaven on earth in your mind, in your spirit, in your family, in your home, in your situation. He has more. Heaven on earth. Can you imagine how that's going to change our church services? Heaven on earth. Can you imagine how that's going to change our families? Heaven on earth. Can you imagine how the lost are going to be coming home in these these days that we're living in? How many of you are grateful for more of heaven on earth that we get to access it here today? So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to start with a call for salvation. And if you're here today and your heart has not been transformed by a relationship with Jesus Christ, today is your day. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he died on the cross, you will be saved. It's a simple prayer of faith. For someone here today, if you are not in right relationship with God, can I beg of you today Do not leave this house not in right relationship with him. I'm going to count to three because I like to, uh, in my life, when I'm going to make a decision, make sure I'm ready, think about it. I'm going to count to three. When I get to three, if you are here today, I am not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to stand. I'm not going to ask you to come to the stage. But if you know you are not in right relationship with God this morning, when I say three, I'm going to ask you to put your hand up in the air. And listen to me, we saw probably over a hundred hands go up yesterday and Friday night. God is in the business right now of bringing heaven to earth. Don't you let this moment pass you by. So if that's you here today and you're ready for some heart transformation, I'm going to count to three and then we're going to pray a prayer of salvation. And this church is going to celebrate the decision that you have made. One, two, three. Hands up. Where are you at? I see it. Amen. Amen. Anyone else?